the number one mistake that I see people make when it comes to content creation is that they are way too in their head. They're thinking way too much about how other people are going to perceive it versus just focusing on the things that they're passionate about. I tell people like really show up and write about the things that you like and don't write about things that you don't like. We're gonna take it all the way down to the baseline. That's it, that's what it's about. And when you show up just with kind of some realness, with some rawness, that resonates. And the beauty is it's gonna resonate with the right people and it's gonna repel the wrong people because we're not looking to appeal to everyone. We are looking to appeal to those right people, those right companies, so that those right doors and those right opportunities open up for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Free Retiree Show, episode 159. Today we're discussing content creation and creating your personal brand. You're tuning in to our Career Advancement Edition. And for today's topic, we're going to talk about how you create that online brand. And not only how do you create it, how do you make it resonate and get the traction that's going to get you noticed, get you job offers. That's the trick to this. And today we have a wonderful expert. We have Kaylin Richards. She is a top 2023 career coach on LinkedIn, and she is a phenomenal personal branding strategist. She's also the founder of Career Crafters Community, which is an online community that brings together professions from different industries so they can support one another, help each other accomplish their goals. And she was also a recruiter for Talent Care for over five years. And in this role, she got to see what hiring managers were looking for and what the special candidates were doing that got them hired and noticed. So without further ado, Kayla Richards, how are you doing today? I'm doing so great. It's wonderful to be here with you, Lee. So happy to have you. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit more about what you're doing currently? So currently, my main gig is serving as a career coach, a personal branding strategist. I partner with job seekers, but also professionals that are simply looking to set themselves up for success long-term in their career and be really intentional about where it is that they want to head. And so we do a lot of work surrounding how to use LinkedIn with purpose, with intentionality, how to create content there and build a personal brand and establish some thought leadership so that they really get to thrive in their careers long-term. And what your LinkedIn is doing is amazing. And it's much different than most users, including myself. I have a little bit of traction <laughs> when I make a post, but yeah. I feel all too often my posts might miss or it gets very little traction. And I post quite frequently. There's some people that go to their LinkedIn profile after months, they post mm -hmm. something and then their mom or dad gives it and then they just feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> the one like for mom or dad or spouse or, or boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. they're like, it makes them feel so terrible. So how do we avoid that? How do we be more like you? What are you doing? What's the secret sauce? Oh my goodness. Well, the secret sauce is to show up as your full self, your real self, and to not overthink it. Really, truly. That is the number one mistake that I see people make when it comes to content creation is that they are way too in their head. They're thinking way too much about how other people are going to perceive it versus just focusing on the things that they're passionate about. I tell people like really show up and write about the things that you like 
and don't write about things that you don't like. If we're going to take it all the way down to the baseline. That's it. That's what it's about. And when you show up just with kind of some realness, with some rawness, that resonates. And the beauty is it's going to resonate with the right people and it's going to repel the wrong people because we're not looking to appeal to everyone. We are looking to appeal to those right people, those right companies, so that those right doors and those right opportunities open up for you. So when you're talking about putting out that content that you really like, say I work in tech, right? Or I work in healthcare. I'm more passionate on a personal side of about soccer. I'd rather post things yeah. about soccer and talk about that. Now, is that okay or is that not okay when it comes to putting out your content on LinkedIn? has changed, right? Years ago, it was known as this place that you would statically house your resume online, and then you could just passively connect with other people. Um, that has shifted, especially now post-COVID, post-pandemic. I like to say that LinkedIn is no longer professional. It is professional. So it's Ooh. this idea that we want to blend together, like the personal sides of ourselves, right? Those things that like we're holistic beings. We bring our full selves to work that doesn't get separated out. So we want to blend that with also who we are, right? As a professional in the workplace, the value we have to offer, the impact that we have for the companies that we work for. We want to take those things and we want to blend them together. And so you, you want to tell stories that yes, have to do with the work side of things, but also you just want to tell stories about who you are as a human because people want to like you. People hire people they like, right? <laughs> they promote yes, people they absolutely. like. <laughs> so you got to be likable. And to be likable, you got to be relatable. For all these things that we're posting, I think the ideology out there is that when you put a post on LinkedIn, for 90% of the people that are out there, probably even higher, they think that it has to be work-specific and only yeah. talk about work. So I feel like with your philosophy, you're going a little bit against the grain and you're saying like, well, we're going to do personal too, because that's yes. important in who I am as a professional. Now, when yes. you make these personal posts, are you putting it purely work-related and then purely personal-related, or do you blend them? Or is there, start off as personal and then end with something about work, or does it not always have to be that way? It doesn't always have to be that way, right? And the truth is it looks a little bit different for everyone because ultimately content creation should be based on what are your goals long-term, right? If your goal long-term is to stay at the company you're at, but simply grow in the roles that you're in, receive promotions, move up the ladder that way, that's a little bit different than if your goal is I'm over here in the education industry. I'm a teacher and now I'm looking to move into tech and I want to land a role in customer success ed tech. That's a completely different, but either way, we're going to want to have the both. And for some people, you know, that what they can do is they can use personal life, personal stories and bring that back to how that applies then to a work situation or who they are in the workplace. Or sometimes it's just one day you're going to show up and you're going to share a story. And I'm going to talk about the huge win I had getting my three-year-old to eat Brussels sprouts. And that's, <laughs> that resonates that with certain people out there, right? And I don't actually need to tie that into job searching or being a coach or personal branding. I can simply just say, this was a huge win that I had in my life and haha. -ha, like it gets some laughs. People connect with that and they, therefore they feel more connected to me as a human. So you can go either way, but I think it, it does depend on the person and their own personal brand that they're building. In terms of like 
content frequency? Is it the same across the board? Posting more is better? Or does it matter depending on what you're trying to accomplish? So say a lot of times we have people that are at a job and they maybe yeah. aren't the happiest and they are open to new job opportunities. And then we have people that are looking for a job like actively and they don't either, they, ha they don't have one and yep. they need it ASAP. Is there a difference in how we produce that? Content? Definitely the strategy is going to look different, right? At the end of the day, I am always going to be an advocate that everyone should be creating content wherever you're at in your career journey, whether you're job searching or not, because mm -hmm. ultimately what it's going to do is it's going to create this career safety net, like almost like a career insurance policy that you have to fall back on no matter what. I do think if you're not actively searching, you're not actively looking to make an immediate move, you do have a little bit more leniency in terms of like frequency, how much you're showing up, right? I think at that point, it's like maintenance mode and it's what's sustainable for you. And for some people, sustainable is defined by, I want to show up five mornings a week and post and that's sustainable for me. And I love it. And for other people, it's like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to post once a week because that's all I can handle right now on top of my job or what I have go going on at home, whatever it might be. That being said, if we are actively searching, we are ready to make a move. And the more that you are willing and able to show up, the better, because there's that top of mind reality that happens. And when you can stay top of mind, for people and your visibility is growing and, and is up there, that's when you get thought of for opportunities. That's when you get access to opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so we want to do whatever it's going to take to stay top of mind and get visible with the right people and higher frequency is just going to do that. Just, it makes your visibility way more. Got it. Got it. So let's just say we are out of work, right? Or maybe we're coming out of school and we need a job. The content strategy, we know frequent is better, but yep. now there's this, the strategy can go between maybe very work-related about technical expertise, your past experience with work, and then you can go on the personal side or things that are near and dear to your heart at that yeah. given point in time. For the person that's trying to get the job, like, what would you recommend during that point of like the overall content strategy? I always tell job seekers, if at all possible, bring people along on your job search journey. Be so open Genius. that you are job searching. Tell them about you had an interview and the interview didn't go well. Be vulnerable about that. Or you got that rejection email and you know how that felt, what that experience was like. And what you get to do in bringing people along for the ride is number one, more and more people become aware, right? That you're on the hunt. You're talking about the types of companies you're targeting, the types of positions you're going after. So they are correlating you with those opportunities, but you also then just have a chance to share the stories, right? Of, of who you are as a professional, the value that you bring to the table, stories of the impact you've had in previous roles, whatever it might be, but pulling back that curtain as vulnerable as it is, it is so vulnerable because the job search journey is hard, right? It's full of high mm -hmm. highs and low lows. And I don't know a single person that doesn't have it look like a complete roller coaster experience, but it's so worth it in terms of the people that you will get access to, the conversations you will get access to, and the opportunities that will unfold for you. I have just now seen too many people and I've had too many examples of 
the content creation being the direct thing that opened the door and gave them access to an interview, which then landed them a new job to not be a huge proponent of this. That being said, not everyone has the ability to do that. Some people are still currently working. They cannot let their current employer know that they're on the job search. And so if that's the case. That's my next question. Yeah. (laughs) And in that case, I encourage people tell the stories of the work you're currently doing. Talk about the wins you're having in your current role. Talk about wins you've had in your past roles, right? Make it about your impact. Make it about the value you bring to the table. And in doing so, that is going to still catch the attention then for the people that you're targeting. And a lot of this is thinking about who's your target? It's marketing, right? (laughs) Who's your target audience? And what do they care about? What is it, right? That What are their pain points? And so how do we create content that speaks to that? and then positions you as the answer. But obviously your strategy is going to involve a lot of behind the scenes, using the content to ideally, hopefully build relationships and get access to conversation. But then you're going to have to use those conversations to be the part where you're saying, okay, and I'm job searching and I'm open to new opportunities. That's a big pushback we get from people when we tell them, you should get on LinkedIn. They're like, oh, but then my boss will know. And then they'll be on to me. And it's like, Yeah. You're not going to say I'm unhappy in my job. I need to leave. But just the way you laid it out, like just talk about your journey because it could still be positive and it just adds value to wherever you're at. And there's no, no harm in that. And all of the stats, I always tell people, because yes, many people have a fear around, if I start getting active on LinkedIn, then my employer is going to know I'm job searching. They're going to assume. So I always tell them, here's what you can tell your employer. If you get questioned about your activity on LinkedIn, When employees are active on LinkedIn, there is a direct positive correlation that happens for the company that they work for, right? Eyeballs on them equals eyeballs on their company's brand. It is free marketing for the company. And all the stats show that people trust learning about companies or products or whatever from the people that work there more than they do from learning about it from the company itself or even from CEO or C-suite leadership. So I always tell them, just say, I'm just looking to really grow in my career. I'm looking to be intentional. So I'm getting active on LinkedIn to meet new people. And in doing so, I'm having a positive impact for y'all. I love that. I love that. Very smooth. Very smooth. Yeah. Not that I hate your guts or anything, but yeah, just helping out the company. Exactly. <laughs> you totally are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go a little bit more in detail on the type of content, right? We have a general yeah. idea that you can go work related. You can go based on what you're experiencing. You've done just a phenomenal job on your content. You get tons of traction. People love you. Uh, Give us a little bit more details about the type of content that we could think of. Like, just get a little bit more granular on what you would do and what you think is acceptable. So I always tell people it's really important to think about content in terms of like content pillars. So it's this idea that at the end of the day, creating content, it is this, the main proponent that's going to drive your personal branding and personal branding boils down to what do you want to be known for? So we want to think about content in terms of what do you want people to associate you with? What do you actually want to be known for? And most people that have really strong, really intentionally crafted personal brands, they only actually talk about two or three things. 
they just do it in various different ways and using different storytelling methods, different types of content, right? Like you can do written content, you can do video content, you can do visual content, you can do, they have carousels, you can do polls. There's so many different ways that you can take the exact same topic and flesh it out over time. And so the first thing you really need to do though, is get clear, like what are those content pillars in terms of what are the things you want to talk about? So based on your industry, based on the company you work for, based on the companies that you want to work for in the future or the types of roles that you want to have, right? Think about what are those things that matter most in that industry in terms of like your target audience, what are their pain points? What do they care about? And that's going to help you boil it down to what are the two or three things that I really want to focus on. And when you're job searching, it's probably going to look a little different, your content pillars versus when you're not job searching, there's going to be shifts in this. So this isn't like a one and done, but it's in each season of your career, hone in on those two or three things. I essentially only talk about personal branding, content creation, and job searching. Like those are my three things and everything falls into those buckets and I'll weave in personal stuff in the midst of that. But really, if you read my content, that's all it's about. It's just those three things on repeat again and again. So once you have that clarity around your pillars, that's when you get to get creative about, okay, what are like the mediums that you want to then flesh that out into? Another beauty of LinkedIn is that you get to reuse and repurpose your content really easily. It's different than any other social media platform. So if you you consistently write content for four months, I tell people, then you're good to go because you can circle back and you can repost the exact same thing from four months ago and literally no one's going to remember. And they're not even going to be, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the exact same content. The exact same content. What's crazy is it will nine times out of 10 perform way better when you post it four months later, because by that point you have more people that you're connected with. You, you might even have more people following you, right? If that's your goals to build up followers and it's not going to get shown to the exact same audience. All of the big name creators are all reposting word for word content they've written in the past. Guarantee you. Wow. I did not know that. That's good to know though. Makes it a little easier. I really like the point that you made about when you're looking for jobs and you don't have to be discreet about it, giving the ups and downs of what you're going through. And that, I never thought about it, but it really makes sense because that authenticity, being able to be vulnerable are qualities that I think a yeah. lot of employers can appreciate. And I think everyone in general online looks at that. Wow. This is pretty vulnerable that you're putting out there that you bombed the interview. wasn't the way you wanted to, because I think for a lot of us, we want to be like, Oh, we bombed that interview. We don't want anyone to know about it because right, right. that puts our value down. Like we want to be known as like, we went in for one interview and we got it because we're that special, but not realistic, not authentic. And I love that nugget that you gave us. That's phenomenal. And it's the best way to showcase like emotional intelligence, right? Things like grit, things like these soft skills that are so important to the employers that you're going to want to work. It's your way of getting to showcase that for them outside of just simply an interview process where it's much harder and you have a much more limited opportunity to really show holistically 
who you are and people don't want to hire robots. They're not just looking to hire someone. Yeah. Who does one interview and then that's it. And they land it. They want to hire people that they know can make it through hard things and can overcome and figure out how to problem solve and can look at something when it's not working and say, what do I need to tweak? And how do I shift strategy and all these sorts of things? It directly applies to how you're going to show up in the job, how you show up in your job search. Shifting a little bit, when you were over at Talent Care, you got to see a lot of people's methods of how they got hired and what hiring managers were looking for. Can you share a little bit on the hiring manager side? What stood out to these hiring managers? What got the candidates noticed in your experience? Yeah, the biggest thing always was having some sort of relational connection to someone at the company. I kid you not. And it talks about the importance of networking. Yeah. Uh, and the old saying is like, it's all about who you know. It's all about who you know. But what I saw as a recruiter is it, it's actually all about who knows you. And if someone internally really truly can vouch for you, has stories about you, right? Can speak to, that is going to skip you to the very front of the line. And I could have sourced and found the most incredible candidate that checked all the boxes. And if there was someone else that that hiring manager had been present, had been presented to them by someone that they knew that person, I would see that person win out and not a hundred percent of the time, but often enough that I'm like, there is something it's to so this y'all. It's so something, true. That was the biggest one. And then outside of that, what I would say too, is coming back to the soft skills thing. There was always this X factor that couldn't really be captured in a job description fully. And it did. A lot of times it came down to that emotional intelligence piece. Does this person, do we like them? Are they going to be enjoyable to work with? (laughs) That's just a big thing. So being able to show that both in the job search experience, but then also now through personal branding and outside of it, it's just huge. Absolutely. Sergio, he always talks about is like, yeah, if you're coming out of school or you're not working, or if you are working, you got to be setting up coffee dates. Yes. All the time. All the time. People that do what you do are more successful than what you do. So you can create those relationships. And more yep. often than not, like when an opportunity comes, you're going to know about it. You already got the leg in because yep. you spent that time with that person and they know a bit about you. It gives you that advantage. It totally does. A lot of our listeners that you're coming out of school, some of them, we do presentations for a lot of universities. And they all just think, oh, I got my degree. This should be good enough. No, you got to keep working on networking and creating those relationships. But that's a wonderful point. So true though. And I tell people it's similar to the content creation, right? Even if you're not job searching, figure out maintenance mode for having virtual coffees or in-person coffee, like never stop getting curious about who else is out there that you could get to know. That should just be a rhythm and a habit throughout all of our careers that we should be doing. Let's talk a little bit about why you got into this space. You're obviously doing a phenomenal job. You're really impacting a lot of people. And I think that's probably a big reason why you're doing what you're doing, but what got you into it and why you- My career started off working in the world of higher education. So I was working with college students. I got to do a lot of informal coaching in that context. I was on the student affairs side of things and loved it. And I got to do a lot of high in my time in higher ed. And I loved overseeing the hiring process. I really enjoyed that. And so I made this natural pivot then into the world of recruiting and talent acquisition. And that is where I spent a good chunk of my career and had that front row seat and saw what was working for job seekers, what wasn't working. And the pandemic hit and I got let go along with 
many other recruiters. Oh yeah. I got furloughed. It was actually my due date with my third child. They called me and they're like, we're so sorry. You don't have a job. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Okay. But you know what? It was such a gift. Yeah. Good luck with the baby. Bye. It was such a gift because it was the first opportunity I had to really step back and say, okay, I want to be so intentional with my next career move. What do I want to do with this? And partnered with a career coach who looked at me and said, have you thought about career coaching? (laughs) Just kind of based on your story and your, your background. And I was like, oh my goodness, that actually is the perfect blend. I saw so much that was broken in the hiring process. And so being able to switch over from hashtag team hiring manager to a hashtag team job seeker over here has been so fruitful, so rewarding. And truly, I tell people, I feel like I have the best job in the world because I get to help other people feel like they have the best job in the world. And and that's such a gift. It's such a gift. And I've gotten to craft my career now in a way that aligns with my values. And I get to be really present and active with my children and in their lives and be really present with them and to be really flexible with my work schedule and my work hours. I feel so insanely grateful. And I just want other people to know that they can do that too with their career, whatever they want that to look like. I've seen just your journey. You're doing a great service for people in terms of the job hunt, but your journey is fun too, because you're spending a lot of quality time with your kids and your family. It just seems like you struck a really nice balance. I just wrote a post about this last week because I literally pinched myself. I think about what my life looked like four years ago and I was working full time. I barely saw my kids during the day. And this week it's Tuesday morning and I'm at the zoo with them. Like, and I'm just like, is this real life that like on a random Tuesday morning, I get to go to the zoo. And then that afternoon I'm on a coaching call with a job seeker and really getting to to help them hone in on their strategy and how to make this career pivot happen. And it just really is the best of both worlds. And I'm so grateful for it. When you got laid off, what did you feel? What emotions went through when you got that call? Terrified. I was like, great. Now I have to go have a baby. Like obviously there's a whole slew of things that was all mixed up in one because it was like the pandemic. No one knew what that meant. We're having our third kid in two and a half years. Our kids came back to back and like financially, what was that going to mean? Was this going to impact my husband's job? Also, it was terrifying initially. And then probably like a week or two after that is like where I really started to feel like, no, like there, this is free. Like all of a sudden up to that point, I allowed my career in some ways to happen to me. That recruiting opportunity just fell in my lap. So I went with it and it was like my first chance to say, no, what do I want to do to make my next steps so purposeful? Otherwise I might still be in recruiting. Who knows? It was a great company and there were many things I enjoyed about recruiting, but I'm so glad now that happened. The reason I asked that is because just from listening to your journey and so many other people's journey, it seems like when people get this terrible news, it always seems awful. And it seems like yeah. your world is crashing in when you get yeah. that news. But it's it also seems like it is one of those things that it brings more opportunity than anything else if you allow it to. I get to talk with a lot of successful people on this podcast and I get to hear their journeys and it's they have definitely done what you've done. They made their lives better from the fallout, from the disaster. But for everybody, I don't think it's always the same. What do you think it's that quality when these things happen, you can turn it into something amazing versus the world just continues to keep crashing down and getting worse? What quality would you say it is for those candidates and maybe for yourself? It comes down to mindset. At the end of the day, we get to choose 
the perspective that we're going to take on any situation that comes our way. I think I've personally always had that philosophy of, okay, when something bad happens, allow yourself to feel what you need to feel initially, but then make the choice to move forward in a direction that's going to take you ultimately where you want to go. But it's, it really is this mindset shift. And, and I think grit, if we are going to like actually characterize it, that's what I see. I work with a lot of job seekers, especially a lot of the ones just in these last few months that have been let go in the midst of all of the tech layoffs. My husband was actually one of them, right? And it's like the defining factor for the ones that have successfully now transitioned and made the move. It was like, I'm going to grit this out. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes to make lemonade out of lemons or whatever cheesy thing we could throw in here, but it has to do with mindset. Tell us a little bit about the career crafters. I think people will want to know more about that and what your role is over there. So it's a community that I started mostly because I am just a firm believer that careers should be done in the context of community. There are too many people that are going at it with this lone wolf mentality. And I've got to just muscle my way through it and figure it out and make it happen. And we have our coworkers, right? But oftentimes we end up in situations in our career that our coworkers are not the people we can go to because it involves them or it involves something with a boss or supervisor. And I created that community both for job seekers, but also just professionals that are looking for a safe space that they can ask the questions, that they can get good encouragement and information around personal branding, around networking, around these career habits that we all need to be cultivating and do it with other people that also are just really, truly valuing being intentional with their careers. We're a fun community. And I tell you the support and the encouragement, I'm the one that started it. And I tell you, I'm just a recipient of so much encouragement from these humans and just really grateful to have a space that I can go to and just ask these questions and say, what are y'all seeing on this front? Or what are your thoughts on this? And to crowdsource for different things, like the resources I've learned about as a result of the people that are part of that community. It's a pretty sweet space. So if you're looking to craft your career and be intentional with it, come join us. So how do people go? We house the community through an app called Volley, which is, it's actually a coaching app. It's like video and audio. You also can do written messages. It's like if Slack and Marco Polo had a baby, (laughs) it's the Ah. best way to describe it. (laughs) So there's like different channels. There's a channel about personal branding, another one about job searching, another one about like just mindset related things, another one to just ask questions. So you can go in these different channels and then people are just communicating asynchronously through these video and audio messaging. So that's where we house it. But I have a link on my LinkedIn profile that sends people to, to the community space. So you can find it through my LinkedIn profile as well. And people, if they want to reach out to you personally in the best way. Yes. Come find me on LinkedIn. That is where I hang out and spend the majority of my time. Please shoot me a message. I love to hear from people. If you guys just go on your LinkedIn, she'll probably just end up on your, your front page. That's how good her uh, attraction is. Oh gosh, no, you're too kindly. <laughs> you never know. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. You dropped gem after gem. Blessed to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was such a joy and a privilege to hang out with you. Pleasure is all mine. All right, ladies and gents, we are signing off. You've been listening to the Fruit Tyree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org. 
SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McGorry do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and Company.